2: hello and welcome back to the
1: sunday league pundits presented by betway yes i said welcome back because the pod is back a lot of people have been typing and wondering where's the podcast well it is back it is me brett holden joined by waz and waz you're pretty excited for the pod to make its comeback aren't you
3: yeah i'm excited this is gonna be awesome kind of a it kind of feels like a small fresh start once again but yeah we we took a bit of a hiatus try just trying to figure things out uh if you're curious to where the other guys will be well they'll they'll be from on the podcast from time to time liam who i don't know about the other guys but for the most part it'll be brett and i and yeah i mean brett and i have fantastic chemistry And that's that's, even on the pitch at times. I mean, he's yelled at me a couple of (laughs) times. Oh, yeah, he's yelled at me. And uh, yeah, it's we're just happy to have the podcast back. Uh, Shout out to the listeners and viewers who've been wanting it back and supporting us for so long. So you guys are legends. Um, But yeah, let's get into the football.
1: That's why we're here. Yeah, normally I'm yelling, "Walls, you're out of position! And that'll be probably what it'll be like this <laughs> summer. But, uh, yes, let's get into the football here. You know, you don't care about us, you care about the football that's going on. Yeah. So let's start off with the Premier League and the action this weekend. Club football got started back up again this weekend as the international break came through. Canada played this weekend uh, or played this past week as well. We got some massive games in the Nations League, but let's talk about the Premier League some massive results and let's start off with the first match of the week a 4-1 thrashing for City over Liverpool, Wazi Liverpool, what is going on here man? Like yes they're playing City, it's 4-1 it's a game, or yeah it's obviously a game, but you're sitting here and you see that scoreline and Liverpool is looking like a team who should be in the middle of the table, No?
3: Well, I I don't know what's wrong with them. You know, they, they thrash United once what, 6-0. Next thing you know, they can't beat anyone, they can't do anything. It's like it's like they almost put their eggs in one basket just to beat Man United. And after that, what's the results been? It's 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 been they lost to Bournemouth 1-0. Then they lost to Real Madrid 1-0. Then they lost to City 4-1, right? Like they haven't done anything since they beat United 7-0. <laughs> let about that but uh, i don't know it's um it's strange because you know they're out of the champions league now liverpool I, I don't really know what the major issues there and maybe we do bring on lucas for a podcast just to talk liverpool get his take on things but it's more so city that impressed me because they're gonna have some confidence going into the champions league and i think that's probably they're gonna try and make that their focus obviously because Arsenal's kind of had a, they have a good lead on the title right now. I think they're eight points clear of City. They've been playing so good. So for City, this is great confidence going into the Champions League. And, you know, for City also, this I was impressed at how many different goal scores they had. You know, Julian Alvarez, Kevin De Bruyne, Elkai Gundogan, Jack Grealish, a lot of the midfields getting involved in there. And, you know, Erling Holland. I mean, I'm pretty, he's, he's hurt, correct?
1: He's injured right now. That yeah. makes
3: sense. So... It was just, you know, that's what a manager like Pep Guardiola can do. He can get, you know, output from anyone on the pitch.
1: So then, okay, let's let's have this conversation then because Mm -hmm. the season is winding down. We know where teams and players and and, and clubs are who they are now. And it's time to start looking at next season for some clubs. Liverpool... Out of the Champions League right now, they are not really close, really, to uh, especially a Champions League spot right now. Is there... Do you send out... Like, what's the issue? What do you do with Klopp? There's so many things that go through my head when it comes to Klopp. Obviously, he's a fantastic manager. He's gotten them to a place where they deserve to be right now, but the place that they haven't seen... In a while, especially in the Premier League era. And all of that has to do, or a lot of that has to do with the way Klopp manages his clubs. Now we're here in his seventh season, Shocker, it's his seventh season, and they're not doing too well. The team needs a lot of repairs. They lost Sadio last year, or in the, the transfer window last year. A lot of conversation even last year with Mosala possibly leaving too. What? Is what do you think they do with Jurgen Klopp? Is it Klopp? Is it something above? Like what? What's going on here?
3: Well, did you see what Jurgen Klopp said today? Oh no! What did he say? Jurgen Klopp says he is still Liverpool manager because of the past, not this season. So he essentially believes if it wasn't for his past success, he would have been sacked by now, which is okay. fair.
0: Yeah.
1: That's that's a good way of putting it. And what my first thought with that quote is literally, who cares about the past Uh, right now? And that's not, not I guess not who cares because I literally preface that entire thing with, well, he did this, 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 this before, but. Now it's the future. Now is now. We can't worry about the past. These players are getting older. The teams around you are getting better. Arsenal's the best team in the league right now. And Manchester United somehow made this miraculous comeback that not many people really expected to happen really quick. There are teams around you that are getting better, and you're worried about the past?
3: Well, yeah, it's not even just, you know, Man United. You mentioned Newcastle's now in the mix as well. Tottenham's Tottenham. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Klopp even mentioned in uh, recently, I'm aware of the fact I'm sitting here because of the past, not because of what we did this season. If this was my first season, that would be slightly different. We have smart owners who know about the situation, but that doesn't mean anything else. So may- maybe the board is still confident in Jurgen Klopp. And it- this could be one of those kind of off years for Jurgen Klopp in Liverpool where things are just not going their way. I, I don't know. I-, I don't really know their injury situation off the top of my head if we look back to last year. Liverpool also finished second, right? So mm-hmm. with ninety-two points, that's very impressive. The year before that, they finished third with sixty-nine points, thirty-eight games played. So I generally think this could be just an off year for Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool. Uh, they've brought in some new players, you know, Darwin Nunez. Things haven't gone according to plan with him. Cody Gakpo is another player who might need, need take a, might need a little bit more time. So. Uh, it's, it's tough to say. Like They still have really good players. I think their midfield might need a bit of an overhaul, um, but I'm not mm-hmm. an expert of Liverpool because, to be honest, they stink.
1: <laughs> um, spending a little too much time, or let's move on from yeah. uh, this club here. But next two matches for Liverpool, Chelsea on April 4th, and on uh, April 9th, they have Arsenal. So... Mm-hmm. Not exactly two easy results coming out of there, potentially, for Liverpool could be in a worse spot. Let's move on to, uh, speaking of Arsenal, they got a massive 4-1 win over Leeds. Is this season out of hand right now? Is this because we talked about when the season started all Arsenal will fall. Then it was, let's be real. It was all me talking, but Arsenal will fall. They're all fragile, blah, blah, blah. Well, we're in match week. What? 33, 32. And we're not that far. Are we? Are we 32, 33?
3: Um, We are going into match week 30.
1: Wow. Look at that. Um, And going into match week 30, Arsenal still top of the table. They're for real, obviously. Is this league just out of reach? Is it just Arsenal? Th- this is Arsenal to die, right? You know, they're an interesting I think Arsenal
3: have had all the right things happen for them within the Premier League. Yes, they've played well, but hmm. some teams have underperformed. Some teams haven't got have gotten results that have kind of benefited them. You know, hmm. when United lose 7 0 to Liverpool, that kind of helps them, right? When Chelsea's having a year, a down year and sacking, what, two managers in one season, that kind of helps them. City has also been not, you know, City of old. So everything's been kind of going in Arsenal's favor and credit to them. They've also played really good football. They've had players step up. Um, You know, Arsenal, they have uh, Liverpool coming up on uh, Sunday here. 9:30 uh, AM Mountain Standard Time for anyone from Le- Edmonton listening. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and they've also like they lost to city on February 15th, and you'd think, oh, you know, maybe uh, Man City can cash them, and no, uh, they've Arsenal just made up good ground. They've done yep. well, and other results have gone in their favor.
1: And how much of that is to do with Arteta? How much of that is to do with <clears throat> the buy-in from the younger players? <laughs> how how do you think this all came about for for Arsenal here?
3: Oh, it's probably because of Arteta 100%. I mean, they're not a club that's made, like, the craziest signings. They haven't sp- they know, spent money like Man United or City or maybe Liverpool, right? Like, they've just had a good foundation, and it's really come together to this season. And it's, I, I think you're seeing the culmination of just many different ingredients working for Arsenal.
1: 23 wins, 3 draws, 3 losses, 72 points at the top of the table for arsenal the next closest is manchester city back eight points 20 wins four draws four losses i mean i i mentioned that it was mostly me saying that they were going to be fragile but each and every match week this has been a team who continuously shows they are legit now you mentioned you did say something we'll we'll continue on in a second here with the premier league but you you preface that with something pretty interesting you said in the premier league they're getting lucky that also infers that in the other leagues that they're in or the other competitions that they're in uh the uh, uh europa league not so much what makes you say that I
3: I don't know if it's lucky. I, I think it's just you know the Premier League results have kind of favored them them in first place. You know, it's kind of put them in a good position when teams are kind of stealing points or, um, yeah. I, that's that's just kind of and there's it, nothing wrong with that, right? Nope. No, it's Arsenal have done their job. They've been on uh, I don't know how many games they've won in a row now, right? So, um, it's just good football from them.
1: Uh, Moving on to the next match Now I do also want to mention Brighton and Brentford Mm 3-3 We love to see it Fantastic football there Uh, But uh, let's continue on With some of the big six clubs here And let's continue on with Chelsea Who lost 2-0 to Villa What is going on You spent uh, an entire boatload Bringing in players For 10th place what is going on with Todd Bowley's Chelsea and the Blues?
3: Honestly, I was thinking about this earlier. I don't think I've ever felt bad for a
1: Chelsea manager being sacked
3: up until now. I feel bad for Graham Potter.
1: Yeah, yeah, didn't was- even. I buried the lead. Graham Potter got sacked this weekend too. Like that. Like that. Isn't that insane? How we have gotten to the point. It's in sad, this season?
3: isn't it? it? Hundred percent. Because let's be honest, Graham Potter could have stayed at Brighton. He was in a comfortable situation. He didn't have to leave. They were still they were still playing good football under Potter at Brighton. He leaves, and they get sacked because results didn't go his way. The Chelsea players, what maybe didn't want to play for him. They, I, it's 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 ridiculous. It's sad, and this, that's the kind of the state of football we're in. Maybe that's the state of Chelsea football club. Because I, I looked at, um, you know, he's the thirteenth manager to be sacked or leave clubs in the Premier League. This season? Yeah. Really? Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling up the stat right now, if I could. A record 13 English Premier League managers have left their jobs this season, so either left or been sacked. Scott Parker, Tuchel, Graham Potter, Bruno Lage, Gerard, Hassan Hoodle, Lampard, Jesse Marsh, Nathan Jones, Patrick Vieira, Antonio Conte,
1: Rogers, and Graham Potter again. <laughs> wow. Wow, that is absolutely insane And you know what's even funnier Is at the start of the year when we're sitting there going Oh, who's going to be the first manager? Who's going to be the first manager? First of all, all of us had uh, Who was it that we had? We had Lampard
0: first,
1: But we also all were going through the first couple of weeks going When's Brendan Rodgers going to be sacked? When's Brendan Rodgers going to be sacked? And right now, Leicester sits 19th in the Premier League 25 points, yeah. two points away from safety. And Brendan Rodgers is still the manager at Leicester.
3: That's ridiculous.
1: But, but now Chelsea goes through two managers and they're sitting in 11th? What is going on? And like 13 managers through one season in one league, is over half the league. It's really weird
3: because Graham Potter, he leaves Chelsea in 11th with a Champions League
1: quarterfinal to come. Oh, whoa. Yeah. It's uh, so it, what, How do you feel about that then? Because your your team, yes, obviously we know the Premier League not fantastic. But you're going into the Champions League, like you said, going into a, a very big game and you just sacked your manager? Like what do you think is the thought process? How do you feel behind that?
3: I, I think it's ridiculous. It feels like Todd Bowling maybe just doesn't understand football. Like he doesn't understand how European mat- clubs are worked. Like you can't just get rid of a guy until it works. But to be honest, yeah. you know they saw Nagelsmann available and they're like, well, fuck it, let's just go grab him. But also he he's the guy got sacked from Bayern Munich.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I. I... Why not though? Uh, yeah, I, I get I get it. I get it. I guess I get that, but it's just, it doesn't, uh, I guess there's, I think a lot of people are going to get caught up in the Americanism of it. And, and yeah. him being Todd Bowley, the team that he manages or that the team that he owns, the Los Angeles Dodgers hasn't changed their manager since 2012. Don Mattingly was their last manager. And uh, since then he's been nowhere near they haven't even moved on from him. And they have, they're have they essentially like Chelsea who should be winning every single year. And at times oh. they haven't had great, great opportunities. So I think a lot of people have been caught up with the Americanisms of everything with Boley. But so far he's done everything that is, even I have said that Todd Boley will do. He will spend that money. He will do whatever he can on his side to win those games. So now we have seen him bring in Mudrik, Enzo Fernandez, Zhao Felix. We can go out uh, all uh, along or on and on about all these players that he even just brought in in January, never mind throughout the entire year. But just the players he brought in in January, how is this on him? Tell Hmm. me that. Tell me how is that on Todd Bowley?
3: I'm, I'm Honest, I don't know how to answer that. I wonder if he had just pressure from uh, others around the club to maybe get rid of Potter and oh no yes. not, even,
1: not even on Potter. I just mean on everything uh, with where Chelsea is right now. Do you uh, well, I guess sorry, I guess maybe that does go into Potter, but like what There, people complain about Chelsea and complain that they're in the, the space they're in because of Boly. but how is that his fault? Am I just just preaching to the choir here, or do what? What do you think?
3: Well, I mean, to be fair, like Todd Bowley doesn't, you know, where am I going with this? He can't really control the results.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The exactly. manager,
3: on the other hand, I I think maybe Chelsea was too tough of a challenge for Grand Potter.
1: Mm, okay, I see where you're going with that. Alrighty, too much time yeah. with Chelsea. Yeah. Too much time with Chelsea. Who who gives Chelsea that much time? Already, two more matches to discuss in the Premier League, and let's uh, continue on with the one you and I are pretty uh, disappointed about—a two-nil loss. You, for what? You tell me about this result, because I'll be honest—I didn't watch it. Oh, really? How do you not watch Manchester United in Newcastle? I How was hung, I was hung over. Oh my days, lad. Come on. Oh, I was hungover. I'm sick of you. I'm sorry. Your yeah, team I, I... plays at what team time they play at. You wake up and you watch that team. Uh it wasn't great. The first half was a bit of a snoozer. Um, and you could just kind of tell that it they weren't in it, as mentioned. 2-0 victory for Newcastle over Manchester United that loss has now put them not only not in third, not in fourth, outside of a Champions League spot, they're now once again in a Europa League spot in a three-way tie for third place. And it makes me kind of... It kind of makes me sick, I won't lie. Manchester United's loss to Newcastle makes me sick to my stomach because all season, Manchester United has been in the fight From normally, basically, when they played Liverpool. From then on, Manchester United has been one of the top teams in the Premier League. Since... I don't know, the start of March, maybe? They have not been the team that Eric. You know what? It's been since the Barcelona uh, uh, matchup. Since the Barcelona matchup, Manchester United has been a shell of themselves. They put everything they possibly could have in that matchup against uh, Barcelona, and then we come back and see that 7-0, 7-up thing from Liverpool, and it's just been a shell of United since. They they don't have any of their pace. They don't have any of their transition. They look soft in their own box. Uh, David De Gea looks just absolutely awful. You know how I feel about De Gea. I I think it's time for him to move on. Not even him to move on. The the United to move on from him as their starting goalkeeper. It is just so disappointing to see where this team has suddenly gone out of nowhere. So that's that's my two bits on it. How do you feel? I know you didn't watch, but how do you feel about the loss?
3: It's uh, not good because uh, they haven't scored a Premier League goal since February nineteenth.
1: Oh my God!
3: So it's I mean, to be you had an international break in there. It's but, April. Yeah, but to be it's weird because they've gotten results in Europa League. They won the EFL Cup in that time. They also won a few games in the FA Cup. So they've been able to score goals outside of the Premier League. They beat Batisse. 4-1 then they beat them 1-0 um you know they beat uh who else they beat west ham 3-1 in the epic fifth round on march 1st and they beat um Fulham also in the epic cup uh 3-1 mm-hmm. march 19th so yeah it's strange and now uh, they have brentford on wednesday which is gonna be interesting because you know we know what happened last time they played brentford and that kind of caused almost a United to change, switch their season around, so uh they got some are like they got some easier opponents coming up. Brentford could always be a challenge. Everton on Saturday, they have Forest. Um, so I, I don't know. um Obviously, when I sent some messages in the chat, I'm like, "Yeah, Marshall's having a great performance." Is that's when you know I'm not watching the game because I'll just <laughs> I will hype up Marshall if I just know he's playing. But honestly, he's been kind of a shell. He's not. He's been kind
1: of shit. Brentford's seventh in the Premier League, man. So yeah. I still don't think that's any easy No, to it's be.
3: it's gonna be tough. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see how these matches will
1: go. And um
3: Yeah, it's it's stopping great.
1: No, it hasn't been. United need to pick it up. As mentioned, they are in a three-way tie for third place. Newcastle, Tottenham, and Manchester United yeah. all tied on 50 points. But they're on a three-way tie because the final result of the match week today was a 1-1 yeah, draw. I almost said something totally different. A 1-1 draw between Everton and... And Tottenham as Everton went down 10 men, and then Lucas Moura with an absolutely shambles tackle on Michael Keane, bringing Tottenham down to 10 men. And then Michael Keane, who else? It had to have been Michael Keane, who also caused the penalty earlier in the match, which Harry Kane converted for the first goal of the match. Michael Keane in the middle of it all, really, but a 1-1 draw for Tottenham and Everton. Did you catch any of this match here, Wazzy? No. This was was a really good match here. I'm telling you, catching the back end of this match, especially like you should have caught the back end of this match. More getting the red card, and it was funny because on the broadcast they were really pumping up more. His last days at the Tottenham, uh, his goal in the Champions League, they were really pumping it up, pumping him up. And then, like, two minutes later, he gets uh, just uh, did you even see the tackle? I don't think so. Oh, buddy, studs, like, stepped right on Michael Keane's ankle. Like, it was, there was no hesitation. Red card immediately. Everybody knew his red card. Not even Lucas Moura, like, argued with it. He was just like, I can't believe I just did that. And potentially caused sole possession of third place for Tottenham. Because they were up 1-0. They were, or Tottenham was up 1-0. It was basically not relatively smooth sailing because Everton was pushing. Remember, Sean Dyche is the manager, so <laughs> you know Brexit ball's going to be happening. But Lucas Moura, they were going to get those three points, get sole possession of third place. We just talked about the potential shambles United is in right now. That would have mm-hmm. been a very good spot for Tottenham. They just fired their coach in Antonio Conte, how do you feel about, uh, again, I know you didn't watch directly this match, but how do you feel about this result for Tottenham and the fact that new manager blew away a lead in almost added time for uh, this game against Everton? Not a great place. We don't know the future of Harry Kane or Youngman's son. Rashard hasn't been great, but they're still in third. How do you feel about this season for Tottenham so far?
3: Uh, They're fourth actually right now, so... Um, they're tied
1: for third. Oh my bad. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> yes, just, they are a, on goal differential. It's, not,
3: it's, yes. an, it's typical Tottenham. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's well. I feel. I kind of feel sorry for the supporters because it feels like it's the same shit every season. You know, maybe for the you owners? Cl- huh? For the owners? No, the fans. Oh, for the fans. Sorry, I, I feel bad for Tottenham Tottenham supporters because they do have great players, but. They never seem to be able to take that extra step. Look at Arsenal. They did that. Man United's already doing that. And like this is a club that tends to spend a little bit. They they brought in some names. So it's it's honestly it's just so weird. They're so dull. They 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 love to be complacent, it feels like they don't want to be, but they can't seem to get out of this like weird. I don't know what to call it. It's mm-hmm. I, I would hate to be a Spurs supporter because it's like is there a point to get excited for this year? Ah, yeah, we're gonna get champions like football. <laughs> are you gonna win a trophy though mm, no right
1: i was listening to a couple of people talk about and i think this was on tiktok so excuse my ignorance ignorance on who did post it if you do know who it was then please but i was listening to them talk about the importance of trophies and why it isn't so important in the case of tottenham and talking about, oh, well, if you aren't winning the Premier League or the Champions League, then what does it really matter? If you're winning an FA Cup or if you're winning the Carabao Cup or this or that or the other thing, what does it really matter if it's not a Champions League or a Premier League? Uh, I just don't like that. I don't like that take. I, I think it's a very win. It's You know what it is? It's a very Twitter pundit type, very... Um, TikTok generation type opinion. It's the obvious feeling of I haven't had these, fe- or I haven't had these memories, or or I haven't had the. Ability to feel my team win one of these trophies before so I have to shit on it because it's not it didn't include the 20 teams in the Premier League or the 32 teams that are in the Champions League it included the 128 teams in the Premier or in the English Football League or in in England in general like I just don't understand how. People, it must have been a Tottenham fan really trying to make himself feel better or something. But uh, do you think that's? Uh, how, what do you feel about that argument? If it's not a Champions League or a Premier League trophy, it just doesn't matter.
3: I mean, a trophy is a trophy, right? Especially for Tottenham. I think for you know a club like Man City, sure they're kind of used to winning the the Carabao Cup and the the FA Cup sport. For the rest of the Premier League, I think if you can win yourself an FA Cup or even the Carabao Cup, that's a it's an accomplishment. It provides a little bit of confidence to your squad. It's it's a it's a celebration, right? It's sure it's not the biggest trophy in the world. It's not the Premier League or the Champions League, but even then, how many clubs tend to win that? Mm-hmm. If you're a club that's not Man City right now, or let's say Arsenal, like right, like Arsenal for example, they haven't won the Premier League since 2004. That's gonna be massive. Yep. But even then, they've won a couple of FA Cups, and some people would say, ah, it doesn't... Oh, of course, you know, I don't know. It's Trophies are trophies. They've always been important. The FA Cup's been in, in the Premier League the, in England for how... It's it's iconic. It's a very historic trophy. Totally. Right.
1: A hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree. A trophy is a trophy. I mean, if you are the best team and whatever, you better celebrate it. And if you don't, then... Ah.
3: And, sorry, but you're... From time to time, you're playing some of the best teams in England to win this yeah. trophy. Yeah, United played Newcastle in the final, and Newcastle just beat United in the Premier League and also and the Champions League position. So, yeah, at the end of the day, it's probably going to be a Champions League club that wins the trophy. But it's always nice to also see, like you know, when Wigan makes a run, the Cinderella, it's, it's great stories.
1: Yeah,
3: Newcastle, exactly. It's-
1: I mean, uh, Bournemouth beat or uh, Sheffield United beat Uh, Manchester City Mm -hmm. that's a fun story Uh, but no that doesn't matter though right that doesn't matter because it's not the Champions League or kick rocks buddy but all right we're talking too much about uh, English football let's move on and I know there's a certain club in Italy you love not only do you like watching you love and that is Napoli. Let's talk about Napoli's weekend this weekend, buddy, because I don't think they had a pretty good weekend, did they? Uh
2: Fucking
3: pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. God, dude! <laughs> Rafael Leal literally stole Kvaradona's spotlight.
1: No, all the hype
3: in Italy is about Cellia Raphael yeah. Leal said, "Sit down, this is still my league," and he did. Uh, Net- Milan smashes Napoli four 0 Napoli's been cruising in Serie this year. They are at seventy one points. Lazio is in second with fifty five. Milan fifty one with- in third, but none of that mattered. Milan wanted to show who's boss. Milan wanted to show who are who that they're still the kings of Italy. You you still have to await your turn. And it kind of, I think, I think this result humbled Napoli.
1: Hmm, really?
3: Like, I, I mean they've been confident, they've been playing fantastic football. And this is honestly a great, like, it's setting up the Champions League quarterfinals really well because they play each other. So, Italian football is getting spicy here. I'm I'm really excited. Was I happy with the result for Napoli? No, because I've always had a soft spot for Napoli. Not because of Karate They've had some Polish players throughout the years. I also just vibe with the color blue. Like, I just like their badge and all that. I don't know. I've always just kind of had the soft spot for them. They've always kind of been a team I've admired in Italy. And um, if it's not Juventus, I'm happy because Juventus, they deserve what they hit. they're getting, I think. No, no. They've got
1: like, great supporters, but... But Napoli has been a... a a Quiet, not and you know what? I will say quiet. I don't think Napoli's gotten the love that they deserve this year. They have had a fantastic season, arguably the best player in Europe in Victor Osiman right now. We talk about Kravac Shelia as well. But we were watching, we had a watch along on our Twitch on uh for the Champions League as well. And we were going through all the players Kim Min J and Guisa. Uh, uh, who was it that as well who had the really good game? Uh, Zelensky's on that team, yeah. too. Uh, who I'm looking at their team right now who had a really really good game but uh um de on that team too they have Politano, that's who i was looking at Politano. Mm-hmm. uh they just have a very solid from out and gang right Dombale as well as on that team too they are very well constructed but they're also constructed from players who i don't want to say outcast or anything like that they just aren't star players or weren't star players until they came to Napoli and now they've been playing absolute fantastic ball people are talking about Kim min Jay potentially being the best centre-back in the world right now, Krivek Shelly is looking like again, Kravak Crive- and we haven't even talked about Chucky Lozano who's coming off the bench for Napoli right now, this is a very exciting club in Italy right now that no one's really talking about
3: yeah, my only concern with Napoli is that they've kind of struggled, I don't know if struggle is the right word, in big games since the World Cup. They've obviously, you know, advanced to the quarterfinals, which is great. They beat Frankfurt, but and they beat Juventus 5-1 earlier in January, but inter-defeated them at the beginning of the new year. They also barely beat Roma 2-1. So maybe I'm just picking results here, but you know it's they've been kind of inconsistent in these big games, and it'll be interesting interesting to see how they play in the quarterfinal, because yeah they have a huge opportunity to go to the semifinal, but Milan and Milan's in third in Syria, so this is, is it, I don't know Napoli and Milan building a rivalry here.
1: Well, I mean, you want to talk about teams who haven't been playing well in big games. I mean, Milan is, I'm surprised a 4 0 against the top team in the league they put up because sometimes I've been watching them play and I'm like, this is a a middle of the table type team. Like, they do not look good. And I follow a couple of uh, AC Milan supporters on social media and it seemed very desolate. Oh, yeah. Like, desolate. At times, and now Terrible. I mean, uh, Champions League is Champions League, it's different football, of course. 4 0 victory, and but Napoli's coming in with a bit of a, a tang under their ass, almost a little bit here. Um, how about uh, let's talk about one more team in Italy before we move on to Germany? Because I know, uh, there was a big match in Germany this weekend, and it did not go the way many people expected it, so we'll talk about that in a second. But Juventus. They took that penalty earlier on this year with, uh, well, I'm sure it won't be the last thing that they get as well. But right now they do sit with 44 points uh, uh, on the season, excuse me, seventh in the table for City. Uh one point back from a conference league spot, or a uh, one p- place back, excuse me, from a conference league spot. They are uh, four points back from that spot. And two points back from a Europa League spot, six points back from that spot and six points back from the final spot for champions league do you think that this juventus club after the penalty that they served this year potentially this might not be the last sanction that they do face but as of right now they could get into a european or european european uh competition here what do you think? Do you think they could make it? Do you think? what? Do you yeah, think they now?
3: definitely could. They're on a decent form. They've won three games in a row in Serie A. So uh, I think that they just continue to win and focus on the Serie A, they'll be fine. And, I mean, Roma, I think, is a team that they could maybe take advantage of. I think Roma might be able to slip off. But, yeah, they could definitely get into a European position. It's not out of question. They're four points out. Uh, but, yeah.
1: It's I remember when that those sanctions came out and we were all going what is how, like we were thinking they might get sent to the city of B. So I don't know and I don't think this is the last of it so maybe if they do they might not get that spot but I don't know. But let's move on to Germany. As Germany had potentially the biggest match of the weekend with their classicer Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund and it did not go the way everybody thought it was. was looking, pissed I, I, off, I
3: hate this. I hate this. Because their classiker always has a lot of hype. You know, Dortmund versus Bayern. It's an iconic matchup. And especially what was at stake in this game. It was either Dortmund take the lead in, in first place or Bayern. And it's like, you know, there's always this hype. But it always ends up the same storyline with Bayern embarrassing Dortmund in some fashion. You had that first goal. Cobell just absolutely... I don't know what the fuck he was doing. I'll be honest. I looked at that. I'm like... As soon as I saw that goal go in, I'm like, I already know how this is going to go. I already know how this is going to go. Biden's probably going to score two more before halftime, which I'm pretty sure... I think they did. And they just ended up beating them with five, 4 4-2. Two, two? Two. Oh, okay. I'm surprised there wasn't more with how it was going. Like,
1: yeah, they stopped in the 50th minute. Borussia <laughs> Dortmund...
3: I'm going to look up their head-to-head matches with Bayern Munich.
1: Well, as you look that up, uh, Cobell, 13th minute own goal. Thomas Müller scored in the 18th and 23rd minute. And then Kingsley Coman made it 4-0. Yes, 4-0 in the 50th minute. Then Emery Chan scored on a pen. And uh, Danielle Mallon getting a goal in the 90th minute. So at one point in this match, it was 4-0 loss.
3: Yeah. it's ridiculous. Like, this is one of the – it doesn't feel – they call it their classicer, but it doesn't feel like a classic match anymore. It just feels like an opportunity for Bayern Munich to get free three points and to take a lead on the Bundesliga title. That's what it feels like. It's like, oh, we're we're in a title race. Nah, Dorman, settle down. Settle down. You're still going to be our little brother always. You're never going to – it's 11 years in a row that Bayern Munich is going to win the Bundesliga every time Dortmund has a chance to probably take an advantage of, they they fuck it. I don't know how. I don't know what the mentality of Dortmund is anymore. It's some bullshit.
1: (laughs) It was April 1st, so I I half assumed it was an April Fool's joke. I won't lie. It
3: was... What? I'm looking at some of these results. Uh, When was the last time Dortmund even beat Bayern in the league? 2019? 2019? Not even. No. 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 2018. You've got to be fucking kidding me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> this man is absolutely lost and d- decrepit look I, at this
3: i i gotta make sure that i don't know if this is i, I gotta we're, we're gonna check this because this website is fucking confusing me
1: <laughs> we are live fact checking as when was speak. the last time
3: dortmund defeated Bayern munich yeah
1: there's got to be something pretty
3: recent In the Bundesliga huh? because i know they Dortmund in uh, 2019 won the Pokal. I'm pretty sure. Right, right, right. I do. Wasn't that technically 2020? Yeah, it's it's sad when one of the questions on
1: Google is, "Has
3: Dortmund ever beat Bayern Munich?"
1: <laughs> oh my God. I think that's a generational thing, though, right? Because how many people, how many younger kids have seen? Yeah. Dortmund the way Dortmund has been in the past
3: yeah it's just it's fucking stupid man like I I was so hyped for this game I actually had some confidence in Dortmund I mean I know they just got eliminated from I know they had got eliminated from the Champions League maybe they want to show what they were made of against Bayern and Bayern have been exposed once or twice this year but when it comes to their classic or Bayern tend to take it more seriously than Dortmund and it's evident
1: yeah, and I, I was watching that match, too. I turned it off after three. As soon as it hit three, I was like, there's, there's, there's no way this game is going to be A, competitive in any way, but B, this game is done. Like, it, yeah. it's, uh, like you mentioned how close the Bundesliga was. Uh, 55 points now for Bayern at the top of the table in the Bundesliga. Dortmund 53. If that game, or if that result doesn't happen... I mean, first of all, Dortmund is still on top of the of the Bundesliga, and they're up by four points. Now they're down two points. Have to somehow bring those points back. And again, Bayern hasn't exactly been fantastic in the Bundesliga, but it's still not. It's they're still Bayern Munich, Union Berlin five, uh, 51 points. Excuse me, four points back from top spot, and SC Freiburg is forty-seven points eight. Points back from that spot. So that was a big match. And having it be four yeah. one, do you not think it kind of just I mean, you you said this before already, but especially I think for the teams behind Dortmund, do you not sit there and go, Are you kidding me? Like you couldn't do all of us yes, that, yes. because it's it's not a, it's
3: a it's this problem with the Bundesliga. There's this perception, and it's gonna last for a while that Bayern always wins it. You know, yeah. Liam in our group chat, he's like, I'm not surprised. This is going to happen. He, he always says it. I always have this little bit of hope that some team is going to win the Bundesliga over Bayern Munich. And it <laughs> hasn't happened in 11 years. And the Bundesliga has great talent players. They have great teams, great supporters. But there's just, you want to see a little bit more competition. You want to see a team knock Bayern off that perch. And you, you start to see that in Serie A with Napoli, Inter, Milan, all, you know, gunning for the title instead of Juventus. Juventus for a while won the, it was always them winning it. And now Italy's had a nice shift, which I've liked. That's why I've, I've had interest in the Serie A. because teams are – there's different winners. I, I don't know, a variety of – it makes it a league interesting. 100%. And I think that's why I don't have a lot of interest in La Liga as well because it's either – Real Madrid, Atletico, Barcelona, but still more variety than the Bundesliga.
1: Yeah. Like fucking hell, man. (laughs) And we talk about that often too. I think we talk about that in our group chat too often. It's just like with La Liga, it's either Barca or Real Madrid, maybe off year. It's Atletico Madrid. Other than that, it's the same three teams. You can make that argument as well, probably for the premier league too, which is fair enough. Um, but uh, same with La Liga, or same with And sorry. So I guess, <laughs> do you want to have that conversation of if City is the most competitive league? Because we have had that before, too. And um, it seems like, and I'm just saying, I'm just saying mm-hmm. in general, like you can have that conversation and the fact that City uh, is probably the most competitive, taking a look at who can win the league each and every year.
3: I'm not too sure, actually. Hold on. I'm just checking (laughs) some real quick here. Yeah. So the last time Borussia Dortmund defeated Bayern Munich in the league was in 2018.
1: Wow. Wow. November 11th, I'm pretty sure. Wow. So early in the year, too. Damn. Like Jesus, man. That's been a long time. All righty. Wazzy. we talked Bundesliga. We threw in a little City. uh, We talked a lot about the uh, Premier League. We talked a little bit about uh, La Liga, not so much about Ligue 1, but uh, PSG is PSG, so there's only so much you can do. Uh, so, let's come to our side of the hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Let's, the hemisphere? I think that's north-south. Uh, Either way, yeah. let's come to North America. And let's talk a little bit of MLS, Major League Soccer. Yes, I said it. But, uh, Waz, you had a pretty interesting thing that you were thinking about when it came to the MLS. Why don't you shoot that towards my way?
3: Here's a question I have for you about... MLS, or just football in America. Do you believe that there are more Premier League fans in America than MLS fans in the States?
1: Do I think there's more Premier League fans than MLS? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Yes. Yes. Why do you think that is? I think... Ooh, that's a good question. I think a... The number is probably more skewed because of the amount of city The MLS has a lot of teams in the MLS, but I think the amount of cities that don't have an MLS team, so they'll just go and cheer for whatever football team they yeah. like growing up. So I think that goes into it. I think the other fact is that a lot of people, especially in the football world, just say the MLS is uh, a half-rate league. Mm-hmm. It's not really full of pros. And then you get somebody like uh, uh, Shakiri who comes over, or Bernadeschi who comes over, and then everybody goes, "Oh my god, a real player! Look at this, a real pro!" And you're sitting here and going, "Well, Almiron played." In the MLS, Thiago Almada is a World Cup champion, and he's in the MLS right now. Who's that uh,
3: one Spanish player on LA Galaxy? Sorry, the sp- uh, Spanish player on LA Galaxy it was from Barcelona. Jazurito.
1: No, oh, the, the, oh, oh, from Barcelona, Uh Ricky Puig. Yeah,
3: he's fantastic. Yes, yes, he, he, he could be playing the Premier League if he wanted to.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, uh, there are so many fantastic. Now look at uh, Araujo, who is LA Galaxy too, who ended up going, who got bought by Barcelona this year. Like there are, I think that's why is that so many people around the sport sit there and go, oh, this isn't a, this isn't the M, or this isn't the uh, the Premier League. This isn't this that or the other thing. It's lower than the Championship. I don't know about that, and it is fun football, man.
3: Yeah, and I I don't disagree with you. It's just also I think about it this way. I think here in North America, we are so used to supporting teams that are in the best league, right? Right. In the NFL, you know, Americans—that's the best league for American football—is the NFL. The NHL is the best league for hockey, baseball, NBA. They're all in America, so Americans are used. To cheering for the teams in the best league. So that's why I do believe they gravitate a little bit more to the Premier League rather than the MLS because they know the MLS is not the best league. So it's just Americans like to support where the best you know, action is.
1: So here's one for you because you mentioned this before and I'm trying to pull up the tweet as well on the fly as we normally do because we are so prepared when we do the show. But Interesting numbers that when you mentioned this, this is what popped into my head. And on February 17th, this came out from Statista, which is one of the biggest statistics organizations in the world. Americans love the NFL, but change is looming. That is the name of this, this, this chart. This is the percent of U.S. sports fans saying they followed the following leagues. First in America, the NFL, 52% of uh, people, all respondents said they watched the NFL. 42% said the NBA. 31% said the MLB. 13% said the MLS. And 9% said the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Yep. 33% of those uh, viewers of the NFL were between the ages of 16 and 25, 40% of the NBA, 25% of the MLB, 12% of the already 13 responding uh, participants were between the ages of 16 and 25 who watched the MLS. It's a younger sport. Younger people are starting to get into it. We're seeing new teams join the league. I mean, FC Cincinnati, who joined a couple of years ago, like they're not a brand, brand new team, but they're a new team. They're sitting at the top of the Eastern Conference. St. Louis City started the year on a five-game win streak, finally lost their first game of the year, and their manager or their keeper is Roman Berkey, by the way. There's a lot of fun to go around in the MLS, and people just don't like to give it love but i do think that in the future the mls might be a top four sport if not already in america
3: yeah and uh you mentioned the nl nhl and i was originally going to bring them up as well because i was listening to the DFL rundown with uh jason gregor frank servalli and uh, i think it was jason gregor who mentioned or frank they're like yeah the mls has already surpassed the nhl the mm-hmm. nhl's done a poor job in marketing themselves and fun fact: If we bring in the NHL here, did you know um, the most viewed NCAA Division One women's college basketball game has set a record at nine point nine million viewers? Yeah. For for context, that is one point eighteen million more viewers than the highest rated Stanley Cup Final game in the U.S. in at least ninety five.
0: Wow. So women's
3: basketball. Women's college basketball is getting more attention than the NHL. Well, have you? But, but there's
1: also there's the caveat of that. As have you heard about what's been going on? With, yeah, it's true. That's true. So, I've, I've but even you, but that's the thing. Even you know what's going on with it. But we can talk about that. But how did you know about what's going on with that league or with social media? Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. Like how much of the MLS needs to get more on social media, but the NHL social media is awful is awful. Even the National Lacrosse League are going out there and posting videos of fights going on in the league and the NHL is going, oh, no, fights. Ah, wh- why can't so- MLS go out there and take advantage of that? Go, okay, obviously you don't get fights in the MLS really that you often. Get sweet. T- you
3: get crazy tackles, red oh, cards. Like-
1: it is It is... MLS is CONCACAF football. Let's not forget that. It is still... CONCACAF football, and it's still normally called like CONCACAF games, but with European-level football players. And even saying that, what's the difference between a European-level football player and a North American when you see Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, and you can go on and on, Stephan Estacchio, Tejon Buchanan playing in Europe right now? What's the difference? Because Tayshaun Buchanan and, uh, and uh, um, Alfonso Davies both played in the MLS, so, what's the difference? What's the difference? You tell it's, me. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah. There's, there's not really none. It's just the MLS is a growing league, but it's yeah. growing well in America. Yes. So, yes. it's um, that's what's important, I think. I think the MLS, that's what the MLS wants to do. It's like we want to be one of the best leagues in, in our continent and then probably yeah. take on the Premier League and maybe one day they will. It all comes down to money.
1: Well, and uh, the other thing, too, is like we have seen. Uh, this past year, this past summer, Minnesota United clean sheet against Everton 4-0. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's exhibition, but it's still, you're still playing your guys. This is still a, a, a real game, a real game that you're playing, right? You can go on and, and say the same thing. This year, uh, I believe LAFC and Bayern Munich are going to be playing this this uh, summer in LA. Uh, uh, Wrexham and uh, Manchester United, yeah. I believe, are being are playing in the US as well. That's that hard. can help grow MLS in the States as well. So, yeah, you know, I, I just think... I'm sure Ted Lasso even has helped. think of the impact that Ted Lasso has had on football mm-hmm. in general, right? So yeah, that's I think it's a really good talking point. and I think that uh, the MLS you need to tune in to the MLS this year, man. They have been fan fantastic apple tv now owns the rights for it uh a lot of uh or free games that you can watch but mls 365 i believe it's called they do basically uh, a wraparound show of all the games that's going on kind of like match day live that they do for premier league so great the mls has such great coverage when you go out there not even go out and try and find it but when you engage in mls content then you are able to find the really good content so mm-hmm. if you haven't already the mls is just an unbelievable uh uh league let's wrap up today's episode though was but before we do we are the sunday league pundits man so yes. Let's talk a little Sunday league. It is our off season, so there's not much to talk about right now. Our indoor season has ended, our outdoor season is coming up. Uh, heck, is it at the end of this month?
3: Uh, it's probably the beginning of May.
1: Beginning of May, but I'm hey. not sure
3: if I'm in the physical condition to play yet.
1: <laughs> Are you unretiring? So, for people who don't know, was during our indoor season retired. He was the like his indoor career. Yes, it was a little uh Didier Drogba retirement type deal or whoever that was who uh retired then came back. But uh, yes, well, schools did that. Schools, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, good call. Um, but Wazir, are you good? Are you going to be making your comeback or what?
3: Yeah, I mean, I just didn't play because the Empton Oilers played on every day we played almost. It felt like so.
0: Oh, I, I could have, I, I, I just couldn't really
3: make time to play indoor. and. Outdoor, I, I hope our the or those playoff games aren't too many days when we yeah. play so yeah, we um, had a
1: couple of those last year too. Yeah, but it
3: it's okay. It's I need the exercise, my belly is growing a bit.
1: <laughs> I, I feel movement. that. I feel that. Um, we ended our outdoor year. I'm just taking a look at the the uh, numbers here at the end of the season, but we were not a good team. Let's let's just say that. We yeah. were we spent most of the team at the bottom or most of the season at the bottom of our... Uh...
3: Well, when you get nine or ten guys showing up for an 11 v 11 game, you're probably going to lose.
1: Yeah, well, even even for Indoor too, it yeah, was, uh, that was not tough. fantastic. But uh, we did... We we're, were at the bottom of the table for most of the year. And then a big win, a pretty decent result. I think we got a tie. And yeah. then like two forfeits, so we got wins. We went from last place to like middle of the table really quick, out of nowhere. So I'm looking forward to next season, was, I don't know.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm excited just to kind of play and get you know exercise and hopefully have some practices. I'll talk to my buddy James, who's always down to help me. Oh, yeah, he, he okay. says I'll help you. You just got to put in the effort. Man. Oh, okay, <laughs> you nice got like, dude, I'm you. always available. Just come, make some time. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fair
1: enough. New players, Um, new season, outdoor season. But the reason why we bring this up is because we have a whole bunch of outlets for you to let us know your stories on your Sunday league. Whatever games you are playing, we want to hear your stories from the pitch and we will read them out on this show. If you let us know your stories, tell us your stories. We love talking about football and that comes down to you mm -hmm. as well. Was he anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up today's episode?
3: I've started a career mode in FIFA with Mallorca. It has gone very fucking shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Mallorca, but it's been tough. I part, saw your photo
1: in the group chat.
3: Part of the reason why is because playing on Legendary, I'm not great at it. So I, I played a game against Barcelona on Legendary. And let's just say I decided to sit in the rest of the match. We lost 5-1. Oh. So I played the next game on world class. I went 5-0. I'm like, this is great and I play the next game on world-class, I lose (gasps) 8-2. No. Okay, this is the beginning of the year. The board still has a lot of confidence in me for whatever reason. I I don't get this in FIFA career mode. When you lose (laughs) 8-2, 5-0, you're losing a lot of games pretty badly, and the board's like, we're still confident in you. You're, You're doing a great job, man. Are you are not looking at the fucking results? <laughs> have you seen he, have you I see our see... wage budget? I have no more wage. I can't sign players. I have transfer budget, but I can't sign a player to a contract. Did you see that? In, I didn't know that was actually a thing in FIFA 23. They changed that. What? The, the board, you can't allocate your funds from transfer yeah. to. Uh, so I'm here trying to sign players. But like we do not have the funds to sign this player. I'm like, can I get the funds somehow? Can I do that budget allocation thing? No, you cannot. I'm like, Fuck you. I have players who have said, I will play for your club if you can pay me. I can't pay them. Where do I get this money? <laughs> I-, I have transfer money. I can still, like, turn into fucking contract money. Let me do it. They're like,
1: no. My God, FIFA
3: 23 career mode is weird. I don't get
1: it. <laughs> uh, it's really funny coming from you talking about how uh, career mode is. And Either also, way. sorry, sorry. One more <laughs> last
3: thing I added with Mallorca. I played a game before that we were starting recording this. I got my striker sent off because, listen, I, I, I accidentally changed the formations a bit and my striker was playing center back. He got sent off. It happens. Sometimes your striker plays center back.
1: Sorry, you did what? Your striker plays what? My striker was playing center back.
3: And I got him sent off. But we still won the game.
1: Wazzy, well, sometimes I stare at you through this camera, through the screen, in person, face to face, and wonder what the hell is going on <laughs> through that man's head.
3: It was a pretty <sighs> late tackle as well. The guy fell over and six like bright card. I'm like, okay, that's fine
1: enough uh, out of you. Let's wrap up today's episode. Thank you so much for joining the comeback of the Sunday League Pundits presented by Betway. We will be coming at you every Tuesday and with consistency, finally. Me and Waz and maybe a couple of friends along the way. Thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful evening, wonderful day. Whenever you are listening to this podcast, wherever you find your podcast, stay safe, everybody. Don't do anything I wouldn't do.